0: to the Inner Revolution show, where we take a journey within to uncover the inner resources deep within our soul to transform physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is through this higher sense of knowing we are able to design and live our lives with purpose, compassion, and for the collective consciousness. Are you ready to start your own inner revolution? Come with me. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Inner Revolution show. Welcome back for another amazing week. I am your host, Dr. Renee, and I am telling you, I'm so excited about the show today. This is a beautiful, beautiful soul that walks this planet and graces us every day with her beautiful presence and her mission and her message, and so I will be introducing her in just a second, but for those of you who are new to the podcast, I say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on iTunes and soon to be finding us on Stitcher. So I am working on that to make sure that our Android users are also able to access the show. So thank you again for tuning in this week. And I believe I checked again as I do every week. We are now in 23 countries throughout the world. So thank you again for the dedication that you are showing to this episode. So. Let me tell you about our guest for today. Our guest is Amberly Lago. She is a leading expert in the field of resilience. Transformation and Health and Wellness. And she definitely has turned tragedy into triumph and goes out and does beautiful talks and workshops, public events, summits. She's also a TEDx speaker now. And she has actually been on NBC's Today Show and featured in magazines, Health and Fitness, Pregnancy, Shape and Disability magazine. And she's going to talk to us today about what really changed her life, and how she got to this space to be able to share her story, but more importantly, to live a life with chronic pain and be a role model for those of us who suffer with chronic pain and illness, and I'm sure you are going to learn a lot from this beautiful soul, but the one thing I will tell you really quickly is that I met her on Instagram, and I remember, as many of you know my story, And after I had my leg reconstructed, I I saw this beautiful woman who had been through far more than I had, but who had a similar story in a way and was learning how to live with chronic pain. And I knew in my life I had found an angel and somebody who had been through what I had, and I didn't feel alone anymore. So let me go ahead and welcome to the show, Amberly.
1: Can you hear me, honey? I can hear you. Hi, Dr. Renee. How are you, beautiful? Oh, my goodness, your introduction. Um, I just got a little misty-eyed over here Aww. because I'm so touched <laughs> at what you said. And, you know, I think that is the beauty of uh, sharing your struggles and what you've learned from them is it allows us to connect with so many amazing people and feel like we're not alone. So thank you. That means so much to me. And from the moment that we connected, I did feel this, this just beautiful connection, kind of like I'd known you my whole life. And yeah, right. And you know,
0: it's like you're a soul sister to me, and it's okay. We cry in the inner revolution, so tears are always oh. welcome here, and, you know, we talk about things that, again, as, as we talk about in the intro, we go within that inner landscape, and we really examine those things that we used to see as our shadow, used to see as our dark, and many times mm-hmm. the tragedies, as you've been through, as I'll have you share here shortly, but, you know, that we go through become our light. Right. They become our purpose. They become the reason that we're here and we get to share with others that they, too, can can find that light in that darkness. And so can you go ahead? Because I know you've shared your story many times, but and I'm sure many people who are listening to this show know you well, but just in case, if we have any new listeners who may not know who you are, you know, how you found yourself coming to this space to be able to, one, right, magically write this book that we're going to talk about, um, two, be able to to do the work that you're doing and all those kinds of things, if you could just share that story with our listeners.
1: Yeah, you know, I think sometimes when we're going through these, um, traumas or we're going through a hard time, we don't, like, I know, I certainly didn't understand like, you know, why I was going through it. Um, yeah. And I think if we get caught up in the, Oh, why me? We can't climb out of that. So now when anything horrible is happening, I always think first, what am I learning from this? Like mm-hmm. what is the good in this situation? And that is definitely what I had to do. Um, it's been, um, nine years ago that my my life changed drastically. And at the time, I did not even realize. I really didn't know just what an impact this was going to be on my life and how it was going to change the course of my life. But I was coming home from work. I've been in the fitness industry, fitness, health, and wellness industry for 22 years and before that I was a professional dancer so my whole life my I've either been on the dance floor or the gym floor my whole life was about fitness I ran track and it wasn't just that I was a personal trainer it was my passion it was you know I did yeah. exercise videos I was sponsored by Nike and then in the blink of an eye that all changed when I was hit by an SUV while riding my motorcycle, and um, my leg was completely crushed. My femoral artery severed. And when I woke up out of a coma, I'm just giving you the short version because I want to really give your, like you said, I don't want to downplay it, but I really want to give your listeners like the the benefits of all of this trauma. And so I woke up from a coma and the first thing I was told, and you know, I woke up I, and I had tubes down my throat, you can't talk, you have a breathing, you have a machine breathing for you, Mm -hmm. and um, they said they were going to amputate my leg, and I thought, no way, and they said, well, it's basically like a war wound, there's nothing we can do, it's completely crushed, we, you have a 90, you know, 99% or 1% chance, and I was like, okay, let me give you 99 reasons why mm-hmm. I have to save this leg, and there was really no other, no other thought. There, it wasn't. Didn't, and it's interesting because when I was interviewed on the Today Show, and uh, I had no idea what they were going to ask me, and one of the questions, the first one of the first questions that Megan Kelly asked me was, "Well, why did you want to save your leg?" And I said, "Well, because I just wanted to keep my leg." <laughs> I wanted to keep it. It was, like I said, it was my livelihood. It was everything. And it took 34 surgeries months in the hospital and thousands and thousands of hours of excruciating physical therapy. And not to mention, thank goodness I married a man that has a good insurance plan because our insurance (laughs) bills or our medical bills were through the roof, but I was crazy, but we, we saved my leg and that was really just the beginning of my journey because like you said earlier, um, I live in constant chronic pain and that wasn't the darkest days was not in the hospital, whether or not I was going to save my leg. My darkest days came later when I was diagnosed as with complex regional pain syndrome Um, And it's a nerve disease caused by trauma. And it's basically where your nervous system is all out of whack and you just experience a loop of constant chronic pain. And Mm -hmm. when I had gone in to see the doctor, he said, uh, well, are you the kind of person that likes to push through pain? And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm from Texas. Of course I (laughs) like to push through pain. And he said, well, you need to stop. You've got something very serious and your life is never going to be the same. You need to go get back in your wheelchair. And I was crushed and I was devastated. I thought this cannot be the rest of my life. And so I lived a long time, many years in denial, didn't take medication like I was supposed to, or took way too much. I tried every kind of a treatment And my pain at those moments where I contemplating, you know, contemplated really whether I would go on living or not. Those were my darkest times and that those were the biggest lessons that I have learned. And that is what I'm so passionate about sharing with others is how do you get through those times? How do you live every day when you're in pain? And yeah. so it's my hope to really share some tools to help anybody out there, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain, or, you know, we all go through stuff. We all have bad days. And so I think that by coming together and connecting, we can get through those days. And you are an absolute incredible woman. I have
0: to tell you that. First, what a badass, right, a Harley? <laughs> second of all (laughs) and I'm sure those days might not be continuing however at this point right it's like I was thinking to myself what a badass woman she is I love that second you know (laughs) women from Texas right you guys are born and bred to be tough and and that was something that you know i loved about your spirit after that was that you still found this grit right within you that you had from before the accident and and what i love when we face trauma is that when we can dig deep within ourselves and really find the true essence of who we are right who we've always been not who we became mm-hmm. or who we thought we were supposed to be not the professional dancer not this not that but you just you deep down to your core is what when i have to reading your book really was the essence of what I felt really helped you survive was getting down to that aspect, the bare aspect of just you. And, you know, we've shared that on the show here many times, you know, my, my situation was, was much different. Um, You know, mine was from cancer and, tissue related and, you know, something was just eating my, my tissue and my skin and was not going away and was coming back. And I had to have so many surgeries and reconstruct my leg. And, you know, I, I love seeing your page because you still give me hope that I will someday be comfortable just being able to bear that thing.
1: <laughs> and I do, I do
0: at times, right? I do at times, but other times I still look down and it's nothing compared to you. But I love that you said, I wanted to save my leg because I don't think people understand when you have something that is taken away from you, you know, a breast, an appendage, you know, your vision, your hearing, whatever, and you once had it, there is such deep psychological separation, right? That, that sort of trauma that happens from the separation that, you know, that's really, if you can avoid that, doctors even suggest that you try to avoid it because then you have this whole new circumstance that you have to deal with later. And Mm -hmm. so it isn't being shallow. It isn't, you know, people go, Oh my God, I would just do it. It's like, you don't understand that if you do, there's a whole new paradox you have to face. So, you know, that shows you had another aspect of resilience and strength from you and that aspect, but the chronic illness, I'm with you on that one. Um, I remember, the first instance where I couldn't sleep at night because my legs was doing something I had never experienced. It was, it was, it was doing these like nerve impulses and it was waking me up in the middle of the night.
1: And then sometimes I just couldn't bear it anymore. Was it pain or was it like a restless leg syndrome type thing? Well,
0: it first started out as like, it was similar to a restless leg syndrome, but then there would be pain with it. And it wouldn't come in those patterns that restless leg syndrome sort of would. You know, it wouldn't just come at night, it would come different times. And when I had emotional stress, it was more exacerbated. So it was definitely connected to a nerve issue. And, you know, it was something that I got myself to a point where I didn't sleep for two weeks.
1: Oh, and, my goodness.
0: You know, of course I'm I'm hallucinating at this point and thinking about ending my life and not wanting to go through this anymore and I have very young children at this time and I'm on my own and I just said how do how do people do this? And so yeah. that was reading your book was so inspiring
1: because oh. and I watched
0: you on the TEDx stage too where you said and I'm paraphrasing so I apologize if if I'm getting this wrong but you said something about how you know the duality of living and dying sort of came together for you in that moment that mm-hmm. there was this wanting to possibly die, but yet you were too afraid to do it as well, you know, and that oh, there was that exactly. moment when you thought, I, I don't, I don't want to die, but yet I think about these things. I think that's one of the tools here for people who listen to the inner revolution that they could really benefit from. How did you come to that space where you were able to really kind of navigate yourself through being in that duality, right, of, of questioning living, questioning dying, but yet being afraid of both <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and thinking about both. How did you come to that space of being able to work through that?
1: And, you know, and you know what, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my TEDx. And that mm-hmm. part of my talk um, you know, you kind of plan out what you're going to say, and you know what you're going to say, because you have such a short amount of time to say it. And that part of the talk, um, I, I think that I said, I um, didn't want to die, but I was too, I didn't want to continue living, but I was too afraid to die. Yeah. And that wasn't planned, that just came out. And oh, I wow. didn't even know I said it until later, I had a friend of mine say, wow, I didn't know that you were in that spot, and I was like, oh, I didn't even remember saying that, (laughs) but it was so true, and in that moment, um, there, you know, I feel like we, we all have resilience within us, and it's up to us to strengthen our resilience, and I did not have much left. I mean, when I, I, went from having this really big life and big world and was very outgoing and a big career to being, you know, I lost my career. I lost my confidence. I lost my hope. I lost my joy. And there was just a little flicker of a light that was left. And the only way I climbed out of that, and it took every bit of courage within myself because, you know, I grew up where I was taught, you know, you suck it up and you how grow up and you push on and you don't dare admit that something's wrong or that you, you know, that you need help because that is weakness. And Mm -hmm. so I was fighting all these old ways of thinking And I had to go beyond that. And it took every ounce of courage, but I had to reach out. I had to admit that I needed help. And I most certainly couldn't do it on my own. Um, I think when you're in a place like that, the hardest thing to do is to pick up the phone. And Mm -hmm. I remember I called a friend and told her, I said, "I, I, I need help. At the time, you know, I was like I was this athlete and you know dancer my whole life, and so healthy. Mm-hmm. And then I had started drinking to try to cope with the I was self-medicating when mm-hmm. all these medical treatments and surgery and things to try to help with the pain didn't work, medications didn't work, Eastern Western medicine, physical therapy, mm-hmm. you name it, I had tried it, nothing worked. I thought, well this wine sure makes everything a little bit better and that worked until it didn't. And so I, all of a sudden, I now was in such a dark place and was drinking to cope with it, which was making it really worse because it was like this horrible cycle of, I was going to drink to numb out the pain. And I, you know, realized I wasn't just numbing my physical pain, but I was trying to numb all the emotional Stuff that came along with all these things that I was trying to stuff down. And so I called a friend and said, I think I have a problem and I need help. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: she said, okay, I am going to, you know, I'm going to help you. um, Give me a week. Well, and I waited a week and she never called back. and And that took all the courage that I had was to reach out to that one friend. And she didn't help, and she didn't come through. And then I thought, you know what? If I want help, I am going to have to rely on myself, and I am going to have to do it and search out for that and get my ass out of this bed and go get help. Yeah. And so I did. I I, I searched up, like, um a place, a community where I could reach out to other women. And I went there and I just cried and felt kind of held and supported. Um, And I think the only reason I was able to do that was because I had a, I have a higher power that I call God. And I had to believe that there was something bigger than me, that it was just, I couldn't do it on my own And Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything that I do on my own. Believe me, I pray every morning. And this morning, even I was like, please guide me, hold me, um, work through me. And so, you know, whether you call, if you have a higher power, if it's that universe or God, or I don't know, maybe your people that are listening, maybe their higher power is just sunshine. But for me, I had to have something bigger than me to help guide me through. Because like I said, I, I, I tried doing it on my own, but I couldn't. Oh, it's so beautiful. And
0: here in the inner revolution, we definitely talk a lot about that importance of connecting to whatever it is, right? God, source, nature, whatever you see, mm-hmm. because as you are mentioning, it is so important Because I remember watching Oprah one time and she was saying in a speech, she said, we are not meant to be here and do things and believe that we are supposed to do them all by ourselves. She's like, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. You can't do it. That's not why we're here. But yes, you also have to get to a space of recognizing, though, that you have to lead your own transformation. You have to lead your own change. You have to lead your own healing. And that's yes. exactly what you did, right, is you got out of bed, and it's no one else's responsibility but ours. Of course, it's beautiful when there's people there to support us and, and to be a safety net at times, but but we are all we had when we came. We're all that we're going to have when we leave, and I know that sounds depressing, but when we come to that essence of acceptance, that that's truly what we have, that's where the power comes in. And I see you on Instagram and, you know, I think I saw you started some capoeira classes recently and some things like that. I was like, look at her, go ahead. And that was beautiful. So I know that you had the past of being, you know, in the fitness industry and the dancer and things like that, but what did you find was your greatest challenge since the trauma in, you know, reconnecting to, what you used to be or who you used to be or what you used to do?
1: You know, I had to completely reinvent myself because um, before my whole life and livelihood was, um, and not to sound shallow, but it is kind of shallow in a way. I mean, I, I, I moved to Los Angeles from Texas because to be a professional dancer. And so when I went from, doing that. And, you know, I, I was a showgirl at one time and I did music videos and commercials and it was all about the look, you know, you were hired on what you looked like a lot of times. And then when I was a personal trainer, um, people would hire you based on your body was a walking advertisement. <clears throat> so, Uh, you know, people would hire me and say, well, yeah, I want to be fit like you, or I want to have legs like you. And I know that sounds so shallow coming, but it's just the, I'm just keeping it real with you. And so what happened afterwards was my whole identity was caught up in how I looked. And now I'm not saying that I thought I was all that. I've definitely struggled with some, you know, And looking back, I, there was times when I was so self-conscious of my legs and I thought they were fat or whatever. And I'm looking back going, Oh, what I would do to have those legs and just to have no pain, you know? So I struggled with, well, what do I do? And I'll never forget. I was sitting, I had a hospital bed, um, I couldn't go up and downstairs. I was completely bedridden for months and months. And I went from being this fit and athletic person to I was emaciated. I had lost about 20, 25 pounds of muscle. I had bed sores. I was dependent on someone to carry a bedpan for me. And so, talk about being, you know, having some humility that will get you humble really quick being in, I felt like I was kind of in a fishbowl because I had a hospital bed downstairs in the living room and I had a friend that came over and she, I had just gotten home from the hospital and she said, well, what are you going to do now? You can't be a trainer anymore. And I thought, I just burst into tears and Mm -hmm. I thought, what do you mean I can't be a trainer? I was devastated. And At the moment, I thought, well, of course I'm going to be a trainer. I'm still going to be a trainer, and I am not going to get in that wheelchair because nothing wrong with wheelchairs. My brother's in a wheelchair, has been his whole life, but that's not the life for me, and I'm not going there. And so I thought, I am going to be a trainer. And so when I got back into training, I would still try to cover up all my flaws and try to cover up my leg. I would try to pretend like nothing was wrong. I was in denial. And I, deep down, I thought who is going to want to work with me? I'm broken. I mean, I went from training athletes and boxers and fitness competitors to now I'm on crutches most of the time or, (laughs) and it was, it was really hard, but I found that people wanted to train with me because they saw If she can do it, if she can get her butt in the gym, and if she can work out when she's in a wheelchair in the gym and still come in and work out, well, then I can do it, too. Yeah. 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 And so it really, to my surprise, it boomed. But it, yeah. I a little, it got a little too busy, and then I had to reinvent myself again. Yeah,
0: they're going, what's the magic pill? Because if she can do it, right, then obviously she must know how to get there. And so you make an amazing trainer at this point. And, and I always tell people they feel like as wounded healers or wounded warriors that they shouldn't be doing the work with people who've gone through you know, or who are going through what they've gone through. And I said, no, no, no. You are the absolute most beautiful angel to be leading the movement for people who are slightly behind you right? And, and needing to find that motivation and that courage to be able to go through what you go through. But it's really important that we do the work first and make sure that we're well enough to be able to work with people and things like that. And, and in your book, True Grit and Grace, I loved, love, love, because not only do you tell the story of the motorcycle accident and reinventing yourself and rebuilding yourself, but, but also other aspects that you've gone through other traumas that you've gone through and and how they all sort of led to that same place. And the one thing I think the underlying theme in your book really is about gratitude, right? And really, really coming to that space of being grateful and never forgetting to remember what we're grateful for each day and, and connecting into that. So can you tell the listeners a little bit, cause I know, you know, I'm going to encourage them for sure to make sure that you follow Amberly mm-hmm. after this, particularly on Instagram, because she's got some goodies um, on mm-hmm. her page and you've got the free gratitude journal printable. You've got your newsletter, stay inspired. You know, those kinds of things There's so many resources that if you are struggling in any trauma and trying to find that, that, Energy, that resilience, you know, to come back. Check out her page because there's some good stuff there. But can you talk a little bit about the
1: role of gratitude for you now in your life? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And gratitude really, this sounds so cliche, but gratitude really did save me. I mean, it's like it's a daily practice. And it just shifts your mindset and for me, I start my day with gratitude and I end every day with gratitude and you know I, I have a I believe that rituals are so important and I start my day with a morning ritual and I end my day with a, a ritual and the last thing what I talk to my daughter about before we go to sleep is what is the best thing that happened to you and what are you grateful for?
0: And sometimes
1: it's really silly stuff that she says, but at least if that is ingrained in her, that, you know, if we can shift and think about what is working, what is good, and it takes our focus off of of the bad. And I'm not saying that we aren't supposed to deal or look at what's bad, but I'm saying we can change the way we look at our situation, uh, you know, just for me, when I was in the hospital, I remember getting going down that spiral of just yeah. spiraling downward in this depression and thinking, life sucks, man. I am stuck in this bed. I'm in pain. I don't sleep. The nurses were coming in every three hours on the dot and ripping off these bandages and my open, it was like a biology class and I could see every muscle fiber in my leg, which mm. was just crazy. And the, and what I did was somebody had brought in a notepad for me and, and I think... I don't, I don't remember thinking I'm going to do this to shift my perspective at all. But what I did was I started writing down every nurse that came in to see me and take care of me. And I wrote down their name and why I was grateful for them. I wrote down every person that brought something for me in the hospital. And that was mainly so I wouldn't forget to write them a thank you card. And then I noticed as I was writing down these people and these things that I was grateful for, it started really, it was like medicine and it was shifting the way I looked at my situation. And when we're in a place of gratitude, we don't have time for self-pity. When we're in a place of gratitude, we don't have time to let anger just consume us because I didn't have time for anger in that moment. And i did I did later, but not in that moment. It was my job to do the best that I could do just to heal and when you're going through something and you're really trying to to heal and in your body and you're so you're struggling mentally physically, spiritually in every way, we have to shift how we think about our situation to give ourselves the best opportunity to recover and so mm-hmm. I have found that that gratitude really works for me in my morning and nightly ritual, or even if I'm in a funk, man, it's the best way to shift my perspective. And so that's why I have the free downloadable gratitude journal is because if everybody can just get in that practice, I promise it changes, it changes your life. It changes the way you view the world. And it has for me anyway, it really works. And I love it. I just downloaded
0: it actually yesterday. It is so cute. And I'm like, I'm using this. I love it. And I have to say too, that, you know, I love seeing your life unfold online on social media. Your daughter is just so beautiful. You can tell her spirit is just beyond divine. And I love seeing young women growing up with strong women and knowing that they are true goddesses by every stretch of the imagination. So kudos to you, Mama, because I'm sure that happened. Happy
1: birthday to your daughter. She's beautiful. Oh, yeah.
0: Liv is a true goddess. And, you know, obviously this interview is about you, but she was the inspiration for my book, The Unbecoming. And she is the main character. Mine's a science fiction novel about my own life and um, coming to a space of recognizing that my pain and my trauma was more from all the things that I had acquired over the years versus, you know, needing something else. It was about unpacking, unlearning, letting go and, and letting those pieces down. And I remember watching her grow up and just going, damn, I wish I had been like that when I was four. Damn, I wish I had been like that when I was seven. And wow, where does this come from? And now she's 10. And, you know, she is just a kick ass girl. And well, she's got an
1: incredible mama. She's got an incredible role model. Thank you.
0: And I love it. I love watching these girls, right? This, this world is in a great place because of these kids that are growing up today. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm amazed at um, her strength and her fortitude. But, you know, let's go ahead and, and shift gears a little bit, because I know recently you made an announcement that you are going to be starting a podcast. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Oh, I know. I am. And as you very well know, I am not. I'm getting better with technology, but I'm very <laughs> challenged and Aww. well, I mean, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I spent my whole life on the dance floor and the gym floor and I did not even buy a laptop until I wrote my book and I hand wrote probably 80, 90% of my book and then I bought a laptop and went back and, and typed it all.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: I just feel like the words came out a little different that way, and so for me to say that I want to do a podcast is, like, huge, and the reason that I posted about it is because I feel like once we, for me, when I say I'm going to do something, then, you know, I'm a huge believer in, like, you're as good as your word, and, right. yes. and I'm very, I'm you know, and so when I say I'm going to do something, I do it, but then when I announce I'm doing this and who wants mm-hmm. to on the show, it's like okay, <laughs> no, I'm going doing this. <laughs> no going back now, no going back. And so yeah, I wanted to um, share other people's stories of. I think you know sometimes when we're looking at social media, um, it's real easy. Most people are, are posting their highlight reel of all the good and and I mean look I. I do that a lot because who wants to see me when I'm laying on the couch with my leg propped up? I don't even want to see that, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, but a lot of times I remember when I was in the middle of my book tour and I was like in Dallas and Miami and Kentucky and North Carolina, back in Dallas, like I was all over the place. And I had a friend say, um, wow, it looks so exciting. Exciting, you're having so much fun, and I was like, You don't understand how much work is involved in this. Like, I was like, on my last little live, like, I was about to die, I was so tired. And so, I would love to have people on to share how do you get through those moments, like, whether you're writing a book or whether you've built a business from the ground up or whether you have gone through cancer and you're now living a life and thriving, like I for sure want to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. Oh, I would be honored. And I think that if we can share some stories of tragedy and triumph and bring people together and give them a place where they don't feel like they're alone, like they're like, oh, me too. That happened to me. Or And it's amazing to me. Um, well, it's amazing to me that people even read my book because, you know, when you're writing a book, I'm like, who's even going to want to read this? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I hear that people that have read it and what resonated with them, there's, you know, some people resonated with a part of me when I was divorced and I mm-hmm. remarried. Sometimes people resonated with the part where I talk about the sexual abuse. And then I met a guy the other day and he resonated with a part that when I moved to California and I was completely, you know, I had my own toolbox. I was completely like self-sufficient. I Mm -hmm. do and build things and, you know, just did it. And I think when we share these lessons, it's a great way to just, you know, reach a wider range, um, a wider audience and share the love and build community and empower and strengthen each other. And, and um, I was listening to one of your other podcasts, and I love what you had said in your podcast. You said um, that there's so many people out there that they, they, they're about the same thing. They want to do a lot of the similar things, but So important to collaborate. And Mm -hmm. I feel that that is important. Like we should, something that works for me may or may not work for someone else, but I guarantee if we bring together everything that works or doesn't work, we will find a better way of doing things. And, you know, and I feel like it's really about just building a community because we aren't meant to do this alone and it's not as fun doing stuff alone. It's more fun doing it together. I agree. I agree. And, you know, again, we, we're all
0: working for the same purpose, right? We all want people to live their best life, to be content in the skin that they're in, to Mm -hmm. be able to balance their emotions, And, you know, just be able to have a good time with their family and and not be riddled with guilt and envy and shame and worry and doubt. And really, that's what it comes down is we're all doing that same work, no matter what position we're in, whether we are in nutrition, whether we're in psychotherapy, you know, um, whatever might be the case. And I agree with you. I think that the more that we we collaborate, the more the beautiful energy can come into that project versus just being unidimensional. But everybody is just scared to do that because they want to be identified in their own right. And it's like, but the, you understand the more work we do together for the collective, everybody benefits. But I think we'll see a shift in the next five years of, of definitely more of these collaborative efforts. And and the podcast is is just such an amazing space to be able to do that. I know I love, love this experience, you know, as, as, as it's getting between Wednesday and Thursday, everybody's kind of like, Oh, the show is coming out, you know, and they start asking yeah, me who's yeah. coming on and what is it about? And, and those kinds of things, kind of the Oprah effect. So if I could give any recommendations, right. It's have a similar day each week, or at least time of the week, if it's midweek, beginning week, end week, you know, that effect, uh, that Amberly effect they'll be looking for like, Oh, they know when it's coming out and you know, the, the topics and the guests and things like that, just, just continue to go from your heart as you already do and everything else that you do and it's going to be magic because you already are phenomenal sister you're doing a great job
1: thank you thank you it's just I told my husband I said yeah I'm gonna do my own podcast and he's like what you don't have time for that (laughs) well you don't have time for that and you know I feel like if something is important, you will find time to do it. And if something's yeah. not important, I can find every excuse in the world not to do it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: And if not, there's always people out there who are just trying to get by in the world. We're always looking for work to help out, you know, and that's, and great students out there too, um, who love to do editing and love to do graphic design and things like that and don't charge much because they're just trying to build their portfolios. So there's amazing, amazing kids out the world looking for work too. So wonderful. So. As we're wrapping up here, I always have a question at the end for everyone on the show. And it really is about, you know, thinking about the footprints in the sand right as we're kind of walking along in the world and and we all know that that beautiful prayer and and that sometimes in our lives we are, we're not meant to do it alone sometimes we need someone to help us and and I know that that's what we're all striving to do in in the work that we're doing so so what is your footprint in the sand what are you hoping as your legacy as the the thing that you'll be able to be remembered for here in the world
1: what would that be um I had somebody the other day tell me, I can't ever hear or see the word resilience and not think of you. Mm, (laughs) That makes me me feel good because I'm about to do a five day free um, resilience um, challenge, I guess you would call it, where every day I'm delivering a video that helps i came up with this method called pacer method and it helps me it teaches me every day reminds me every day to tap into my well of resource of resilience to get through anything that i'm going through and so mm-hmm. i would say that you know with grit and grace that you can be resilient we all have that resilience within us and it's just strengthening it strengthening it And that's what I'm passionate about. And I hope to be remembered as um, kind of a teacher that has helped others to strengthen and claim their own resilience. Mm, Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Well, my friend, we are wrapping up here.
0: Can you let our listeners know how they might be able to find you?
1: Yeah, I love connecting with people. So reach out. On Instagram and say hi. Um, it's Amberly Lago Motivation. On there, you can find in my link tree, you can find my website, amberlylago.com. You can um, email me, you can sign up for my newsletter, you can find me on Twitter at Amberly Lago and Facebook at Amberly Lago Speaker. That was a lot of info, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. So thank you, my friend, for being here with us this week. This has been an incredible show. And to all of you, if you do not know Amberly, I hope that you go and check her out because she is absolutely divine, inspirational, and just someone who has been through it all and has the tools and the resources to be able to help you. If you are looking to be out there and finding that one person to give you that support as she was when she finally made that call for help. She is the one for you. So thank you, my dear, for being here with us this week.
1: Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to, to be here with you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, Thank you. And I definitely would love to have you on again.
0: And we'll certainly have so many other topics to talk about. I am sure. Yes, I would love to anytime. time. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another wonderful episode here in the Inner Revolution. I am your host, Dr. Renee. Have yourself a magical week. Thank you for listening to the Inner Revolution Radio Show. If you haven't already done so, check us out on iTunes. And also check out our website at www.transcendentheart.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Renee one life Have yourself an
1: amazing week.